We're going to open up this time in prayer, and this is my good friend, Pastor Carlos Hernandez. He ran our Spanish ministry for a lot of years, and is just a dear friend, and he's going to open up this Sunday morning service in a time of prayer, and let's just invite God's presence here into our cars, into this parking lot, and not just the parking lot, but all throughout Grace Harbor. We need a move of God in this country. Amen? So let's open up our hearts in prayer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Él vive. I'm saying he is alive. And he lives in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Today is Pentecostal Sunday. And we will rejoice today because he lives in us. He dwells within us. Hallelujah. Who believed that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible said that the same spirit that raised Christ for the dead, he dwells within us. And that spirit is powerful. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate today, Pentecost Sunday, is that 2,000 years ago he came. And he came to dwell in the church, to direct the church, to lead the church. And we need him now. We need his relationship. He need, we need his guidance. And we're going to pray today, I hear. And we will come in one spirit and one accord this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite your presence in this place. We walk in you, Holy Spirit, this morning. And we ask you that you move us, that you direct us, that you change us, that you guide us in this, in this critical times. That you've given us boldness as a church, as a believers in this house, Lord. I pray for the worship team this morning. That you lead them. That you lead them into your presence. And we will come together into your presence as one. As one, like you pray, Lord. And, and John 17, that you said that you pray that we can come one. In one accord, like you are one and a father. And I pray that this morning over Great Harbor, over the churches in Great Harbor, that we come one, that we come one in one accord in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break all, all the spirit of the unbelief, all the spirit of fear, we break in Jesus' name, and we release the spirit of joy, the spirit of happiness. You said, Lord, a spirit of love in Jesus' name over Great Harbor. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise today. We give you all the glory. I pray, Father, that you use Pastor Steve this morning in a mighty way. That you, Lord, speak to our hearts to the word that you have given to him. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for a great anointing in this house. 
that flow in every heart this morning. They touch our heart. They're giving us boldness in this hour. Boldness, Lord. In Jesus' name, like the disciples pray in Acts chapter 4, and they ask for boldness. We ask for boldness in our heart, Lord. Lord, I pray this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. You touch us, Lord. You revive us, Lord. No letting us go, Lord, uh, calling, afraid of the situation. But I pray, Father, because you said that you're not giving us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you use us in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Can we get an amen in the parking lot this morning? Amen. We're going to come before the Lord with some more prayer, just uh, some church announcements. Some of you got a prayer request for a dear friend of our church, Christy Vazina. Uh, Jim and Christy have been coming to our church for a lot of years, but she actually had brain surgery here this week to remove a couple of tumors. The surgery went well. She is actually out of ICU as of yesterday, so she's making tremendous progress. I want us to continue to pray for her, though. If you don't know about it, just let, her name is Christy Vazina. We're going to pray for her. Also, I'd like us to pray for Pastor Tom and June. June is still struggling with uh, energy levels. They're really low, and they just need a touch of God in their body. And so let's just pray for God to touch them and to encourage them and to give them strength as well. Also, I want us to pray for Hallie Budd. Some of you know Hallie. Uh, she's come to this church off and on for many years, and she's in St. Pete's too, struggling with a lot of medical issues. And so if you have a need, as I said last week, if you could maybe flash your lights at me or turn on your, your flashing hazard lights, I don't know. If you have a need that you just need God to do something in your life, anybody? Well, let's just go ahead and take these requests to the Lord right now in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you that you are strong and mighty, and we thank you that you are the God who hears and answers prayer. And Lord, right now, we just bring these friends before you. We pray for Jim and Christy Vazina. Lord, we thank you for taking her through that surgery, and right now, we just pray for a full and complete recovery in Jesus' name. We ask, God, that you would encourage her and fill her up with your joy. We thank you, Lord, that she is able to speak. We thank you, Lord, that her uh, her memory is intact. We thank you that our personality is intact. And we just pray, God, fill them with the mighty power of God in Jesus' name. We pray the same for Mike and Hallie Bud. We ask, God, that you would flood that, uh, that uh, ICU room wherever she's at, Lord. Touch her by the glory of God and drive all infection out of that body in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for Pastor Tom and June. We love them. And we pray, God, that you would pour out your spirit upon them as a family. We pray for June especially, God, that you would strengthen her and fill her with your mighty power. We pray, God, that you full healing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I'm going to ask uh, the, the Luker family. I know they're in their car, but this is their last Sunday. If you guys will get out of your car for a few moments and come here. Uh, James and Lois Luker, they've been a part of our church for many, a couple of years at least, three, four, five, five years. And uh, they're going to be moving over to Missouri uh, this week here. And so we're just going to pray for them as a church family and ask for God's blessing to go before them. I hope you're able to get up here.
Not up here. I want to have you get up here, Lois. <laughs> but we love this family. James and Lois, we're going to miss you and your grandkids. And I just want to encourage you, if you have their numbers or whatever, be sure just to show love towards them. And uh, let's just pray for them as a church family that God would send them uh, halfway across this country. They're going to be moving closer to family. And just pray for God to continue to be with them. I'm going to ask James to share a few words here, uh, just a, a goodbye to the church or whatever the Lord puts on your heart here for a few moments before we pray. Well... This is one place that we have really felt at home here. I mean, the people that are here are loving. They're God-led, Holy Spirit-led. And I know that we were led here to be at this church at this time. And the season has come and gone for us. I think the season shall now be in Missouri there. And we have already been watching a couple of pastors there that teach the same way Steve does and is... Their worship is just as good as this. And, you know, I'll let Lois give y'all a few words, too. I will. I don't know what to say, but we've enjoyed being here. We love everybody. Um, I, I will miss everybody, but as I've asked Pastor to keep the prayer team going with, on the phone, because I can be, you know, prayers no, has no distance. So I can... On Tuesday and Thursdays, I can tune in and still pray with the people. And thank you for accepting us as a family. Hallelujah. I've also got to say something to the men here. I have really enjoyed the fellowships we've had at the breakfast and our get-togethers. The one time that we cleaned up around this church was a great fellowship. Y'all have a good one now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for the Luker family. Lord, we thank you for the blessing that they have been here and the blessing they shall be in Missouri. And Lord, just as you led the children of Israel, we pray that you would continually lead them and guide them. Lord, you said that your sheep hear your voice. And so we just pray that they would have continual open ears and open hearts for your spirit and God. Plant them exactly where you want them to be. And we just pray for a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God, not only upon them, but upon their family, their children, their grandchildren, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we look forward to the day when all of us shall be together, never to part again, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, James and Lois. We love you. God is so good. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Well, we're going to get right into the Word of God this morning here. It is Pentecost Sunday, and it is a very important day for us to celebrate, but also to come to a, a new understanding, possibly, of, of God's intention for sending His Spirit into the hearts of believers. I believe that in these days that we're living in, you need, we need, the power of God's Spirit more than ever before. In these days that we're living in, we need the power of God's Spirit more than ever before. You will not survive in these days if you simply have an intellectual relationship with Jesus Christ. You must have the abiding presence of God, His power, His dynamite, His love, the fruit of the Spirit flowing through your life. Because Jesus said in the last days, iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall grow cold. But for those who have the Holy Spirit, God will empower 
empower you. He will quicken you. He will give you the ability to have his love, his boldness in these days that we're living in. You will not survive without the baptism of the Holy Spirit in these last days. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, Behold, I want you to go to Jerusalem and tarry. Wait there until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus took these 12 ordinary men, fishermen, tax collectors, uneducated men, and he had entrusted to them the task, the privilege of starting his church, of building his church from literally almost nothing. And the only way they could do so was with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, those disciples, they went with 120 and they met in an upper room and they were in that upper room for 10 days. And we have the story in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read starting in verse 1 of Acts chapter 2 to find out what happened. I want to point out something to you. As they were up there for 10 days, they were facing persecution. They were facing harassment. They were facing a troublesome time, much like we are. They were sheltered in place, much like we have been, but for a shorter period of time. But as they were sheltered in that upper room, waiting upon God, they had no idea what to expect other than Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. I don't know about you, but when you see the news of what's taking place, especially this past week, and how Satan is trying to unleash just a, a, a flood of division across this country, trying to divide the races, trying to divide this nation politically in every way, shape, or form, it is a stark reminder that, you know what, our problem, it's a sin problem. Our problem is not skin color, it's not the races, it's not even politics. Our problem is we need the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out into this world in power in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, he told us in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, got the wonderful wind blowing here. And I'm going to do something that she's going to be like, what are you doing, Joy? I want you up here, Joy. I can be close to my daughter and have her up here holding pages so that way they don't flip over on me. Hurry up, girl. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, if you're there, honk. Amen. All right. We'll try to be good neighbors here. We won't honk a whole lot. Come on, honey bear. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly they're... Come here. You're going to be my page holder. Hold that so it doesn't turn. Thank you. It says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven... As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven. The sound of a rushing mighty wind. Can you imagine what they were experiencing there? Just put yourself in their shoes for a few brief moments. They're there for 10 days. 120 people all together. They got the doors shut because of the persecution of what had just taken place. Jesus had died, risen from the dead. But they knew that they had to hide in place. And they were waiting for the mighty power of God to come. And then suddenly the wind of God filled that house. But it just didn't fill that house. As it filled that house, all 120 began to preach and to speak in other languages that they had never heard. What was the response? 
There was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation from under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard every man speak in his own language. They were all amazed and they marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how do we hear every man in our own tongue which we were born? I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will unify this world and brings the nations together. Jesus divides, the truth divides, but for those who choose salvation, for those who repent of their sins, for those who become a part of the family of God, Jesus said around the throne of God, there will be people from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. If you believe it, shout a hallelujah. And this demonic, sinful division that is happening in this nation will be put to an end where there will be red, yellow, black, and white. Every representation from every nation will be before the throne of God. And listen, if we want to experience that in this world, in this time period, we need to hunger for the Holy Spirit as never before. We say, well, we all just need to get together. Oh, if the politics would get fixed, if we just get Republicans in office. Listen, it isn't going to be the president or politics or Republicans. There's no political system that's going to fix the mess of this world. No, it is Jesus Christ and him alone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Jesus said this promise is for us, for all of our children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so for those who are hungry hearts. Listen, every tongue, every tribe, every nation from Africa to Asia to Australia to Europe to America to South America can gather together. And what is the unifying factor? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. When the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed and sin is brought down, division is torn down, and the love of God is lavished in the hearts of every believer, we need the Holy Spirit as never before if you believe it, saying, Amen. There was people from every known nation, every language of that time period. They were in Jerusalem demonstrating that God's love is not simply for the Jewish people. God loves this entire world. What was the response of the people in verse 12? It says here, and they were all amazed and were in doubt. Actually, right up here, honey. It says, we hear these people speak in our languages the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying, what does this mean? Others mocking, saying, these men are full of new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and listen to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seen as but the third hour of the day or 9 a.m. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. Are we in the last days, church? Oh yeah, we are in the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah! 
going to try to let the microphone do the work for me this morning. It blew out my voice last week. Listen, we are living in the last days, church. I know this was written 2,000 years ago. In the last days, Jesus said there's going to be troublesome times. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilence. It's going to be crazy. Iniquity and sin shall abound. The love of many growing cold. What was God's solution? Not for the church to hide and to cower and be in fear and worry and anxiety. God's solution for the church was to pour out his spirit upon his church that we would rise up in power and boldness and stand in the face of persecution and share his gospel with whosoever shall listen that this is for them. If they will repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. If you believe it, say amen. In these last days, God's desire is to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. It goes on to say here, I want to go to, to what was the response. As they were filled with the Holy Spirit, He said, I want to keep on reading here. In verse 19, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth belief, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. These 120 disciples, they didn't stay in an upper room. They didn't stay there and live in that experience. No, they left that upper room and they took the power of God, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they left that place and they began to share the gospel with whosoever would listen. Persecution began to come against them. Peter and John, they went to the beautiful gate in Jerusalem at the temple in Acts chapter 3. And the man had been lame, hadn't walked in for so many years. And Peter saw him and said, hey, lift up yourself, stand up, Jesus Christ. Christ makes you whole. You would have thought the whole town would have been happy that a miracle happened, but no. Persecution rose against the church and they said, hey, you guys need to stop teaching and stop preaching about Jesus Christ. What was the response of Peter? Let's go to Acts chapter 4. They're being persecuted, told don't even preach about this anymore. I got to get to the right place. Verse 29. Here's the prayer of the church when persecution came in verse 29. This is, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word, by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed... Let's say that again. And when they had prayed, church, we need to be praying as never before. Not worrying, not praying in unbelief, not praying in discouragement. No, let's listen to their prayer. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. What was the result of that shaking? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, I heard a children's pastor say that this many years ago that the Holy Ghost will take the chicken right out of you. The Holy Ghost will take the chicken right out of you. What did he mean by that? Without the Holy Ghost, we're all a bunch of chickens. But when you got the Holy Ghost, he gives you power. He gives you boldness. He gives you courage. But listen, the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. They were filled in Acts chapter 2. Persecution came. Hey, stop talking about Jesus. They went to prayer. Not a prayer of like, oh no, what are we going to do? I guess we got to quit preaching now. No, they went to prayer. And 
it was a fervent prayer. It was a, a, an efficacious prayer that said, Oh God, behold what they're doing to us. Lord, give us more boldness in Jesus' name to speak your word. And as God heard that prayer, he brought a shaking to that place. And he said, you know what? I love that church. I'm going to fill that church with my Holy Spirit of God again. And the fruit of their Holy Spirit baptism, their refilling was they began to speak again by the power of God. So much so that many thousands more people were saved. If you love it, shout a hallelujah. Jesus said, as I already said, that persecution will come, church. In John chapter 15, we're going to turn to John chapter 15, verse 17. Jesus commanded us, these things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Church, I don't believe, especially Central Park, hopefully we're far over this. we got to get used to it. The world's not going to love us. The world is not going to love the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Why am I bringing that up, church? Because Jesus said if they persecuted him, get ready, church. Persecution will come to the church in the last days. I don't say that to try to be a wet blanket or discouraged. No, I say that, that we would have the response of Acts chapter 4. That we would realize, Lord, just watch the news again, church. We're very isolated, very insulated in this world. But what you see happening on TV is the hatred of this world towards truth, towards righteousness, towards anything that is good. Just trying to destroy society. And if we're going to stand in the face of adversity, we don't need to hide in our place. We need to say, God, let's follow the Acts chapter 4 pattern to say, oh God. Behold their threatenings. Oh God, look at what they're trying to do to this society. Jesus, you have commissioned us to be the light of this world. You have commissioned us to be the salt of the earth. Lord, look what's happening. And now grant unto your church more boldness in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would speak your word and let signs and wonders be done in the name of your son, Jesus. And listen, God will see the hungry hearts and the prayers of his people. And he will say, you know what, Sally, I'm going to fill you with boldness. I'm going to fill you with courage. You know what? You're going to get more. Just when the world says, I want you to shut up and be quiet. I'm tired of you talking about Jesus. The church just needs to go back in the building and be quiet. No, the church doesn't need to go back in the building to shut up. No, the church needs to rise and shine. And I've said many years, church, that I'm not talking about getting pickets and saying, oh, God hates sinners and all that type of stuff. No, I'm saying the church needs to rise and to say, oh, Lord, as Pastor Carlos said, he reminded us of that scripture. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Listen, you have one opportunity in this life to live for Jesus. Just one. There's no dress rehearsal. There's no do-over. There's no reset. Every day is a gift from God. Every day we ought to wake up and say, Hallelujah, I'm alive. 
Lord Jesus, I have no idea what I'm going to face today. God, I've been baptized in your Holy Spirit many years ago, but Lord, what I see happen in this world, I need a whole lot more of the Holy Ghost in my life. Lord, I need you to put your power, your joy, your strength, your fire, your courage, your endurance in my life, your long-suffering in my life. It can't be motivated by the strength of my own flesh. It can't come from my willpower. No, that will fall short. No, I need the mighty power of God in my life. So as they prayed, Lord, give us more boldness in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 14, the apostle Paul was preaching in modern day Turkey and there was a lame man lame in his feet in the city of Lystra it says there is a certain man in Lystra Acts chapter 14 verse 8 impotent crippled in his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb he had never walked and the same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed Paul said with a quiet mealy mouse voice No, Paul said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And that man leaped up on his feet. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice, saying the speech of Lycaonia, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Paul and Barnabas began to freak out. They're like, no, 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 no. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. They barely could convince the people that they were not God's come in the flesh. What was the response of the people? It says here in verse uh, 19, there came certain Jews from Antioch, Iconium, who having persuaded the people and stoned Paul, they threw rocks at him. They drew him out of the city, supposing he had be dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up, came to the city, and the next day he departed to Barnabas to Derbe. And when he had preached the gospel to that city, taught many, they returned again to Lystra. He went right back where he got stoned. Did you read that? Do you see that? He just had big rocks thrown at him. He leaves the city, goes preaching, and goes right back to the place of persecution. And what does it say he did? Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, when they looked at Paul's face, I'm sure there was still scars, possibly bruising, possibly still uh, blood that had been there dried. I don't know, scabs. They could see the visible marks of what he had endured in that city. And he stood to that church and said, hey church, I want to encourage you to be strong in the Lord but I want you to be forewarned if you're going to serve Jesus you are going to go through much tribulation before you get into the kingdom of God. It was a warning and an encouragement to them that you and I need the power of God in our life if you believe it, say Amen. Paul the Apostle said in 2 Timothy 3.12, he says, All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Church, I told you last week, the last point of my message was begin to hunger. Prepare your hearts for Pentecost. How do you prepare your hearts for Pentecost? Is have an accurate view to realize that Jesus, if I serve you, that doesn't simply mean that you're here to bless me and to help me and to do everything that I want to do. Jesus, you have called the church of Jesus 
Christ to be salt and light in a world that is filled with darkness. Being a Christian is not a matter of convenience. Being a Christian is not a matter of my comfort. Being a Christian is a matter of saying, Jesus, I want to be a witness for you. I want to stand for righteousness. I want to proclaim the gospel of salvation wherever I go. And if I'm going to do that, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit as never before. Jude, verse 20 through 21. Turn there, please. Jude 20, verse 20 and 21. Right there, Benny. Jude 20 and 21 says, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Here Jude says that we build ourselves up in the faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, exercise that prayer gift. Use that prayer gift. You need to do that. Why? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I believe, that those who pray in that unknown language are building up themselves. It is strengthening you, giving you power from on high. And so Jude exhorts us to stay in the love of God, building up your faith, praying the Holy Ghost, looking for the mercy mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We need his power, number one, for power to witness, number two, power to stand in persecution, and number three, power to live a life of victory. Turn to Romans chapter 15, please. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. In order to live a life of victory and power, you need the Holy Ghost. Romans fifteen thirteen is one of my grandmother's favorite scriptures. She is 91, 92 years of age, living in Roseburg, Oregon. Very godly grandmother. I love my grandma Nana. She's a wonderful woman. And this verse is one of her favorite verses. It says this. It says, now may the God of hope, now may the God of hope. Can everybody say hope? Hope. Your horn can honk. Hope. <laughs> Listen, we have the hope of Jesus Christ in this world. I've told a few friends just yesterday, Pastor Carlos and a few others, listen, if the church can thrive in Iran, if the church can thrive in China, the church can thrive in America despite what's happening in Jesus' name. We have the hope of Jesus Christ. It says, though, verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you would abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. May the Holy Spirit, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, church, the Holy Spirit is not a side issue He's the main unifying issue. He's not an addition to the gospel. No, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the application of the gospel and empowers the gospel in our life. We cannot do and live this Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Why have I been preaching and teaching? Why has Dean Elders been preaching and teaching on the Holy Spirit the past couple of months? You know, there's a lot preaching on end times, and I'm all for end times. It's because I felt a quickening in my heart that, Lord, our 
our church needs the Holy Spirit more than ever because you will not survive nor thrive unless you are connected closely, intimately with the Holy Spirit, unless you allow him to build up your faith and to be the source of your hope, your joy in Jesus' name. He says, if the God of hope, that if we will believe in the Lord, the Holy Spirit will cause you to abound in hope through the power of his Holy Spirit. The last scripture I want to turn to this afternoon is found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. We need the Holy Spirit to stand, to be a witness for boldness. We need the Holy Spirit to stand in the face of persecution. I want to tell you, I'm no different than you. I am not looking to embrace persecution, looking for trouble. But listen, church, when trouble or persecution comes in the flesh, all of us have fear. In the flesh, all of us like, I don't want nothing to do with that, Lord. But listen, there's going to come a day when the church of Jesus Christ is going to have to say, you know what, Lord, you have a solution for this, and your solution is the Holy Ghost, because you will give the power and the grace that we need in the time when we need it. Please say amen. I want to close with this. This is a prayer for us as a church, Lord. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. The Apostle Paul says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual knowledge and understanding. I pray that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I pray that for you, church. Let's go to the next verse, honey. I pray in verse 11 for this church that you would be strengthened with all might. That you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. I've preached this a couple of times over the last few years, church. The Holy Ghost, he is there to give you power to be a witness. He is there to give you power not just to be a witness, but to give you power to stand in persecution. The Holy Spirit in verse 12, verse 11, he wants to strengthen you with his mighty power. Why? That you would have all patience and all long suffering with joy. If you believe in joy, honk your horn in Jesus' name. So when we wrap this service up, church, I want to pray for a few things. Number one, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that this is a gift. It's a promise of the Father. How do you receive it? I thought when I, I thought when I asked Jesus into my heart, I, I received the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, yes, when you receive Jesus, the Lord, He comes and takes up residence in your heart. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a clothing, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It is a clothing with the power of God to be a witness, to stand in persecution. The clothing and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that you need in these last days. I want to pray that as we pray that you will reach out to the Lord and say, God, I don't understand everything there is to understand about this, but Lord, I know that I need something to give me power in this life. Because when I read the news and all I see what's happening around, it just brings discouragement or depression, despair, hopelessness. And that's not God's plan for this church. Please say amen. No. God, 
You sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? I lift up my heart and my hands to you. And I say, dear Heavenly Father, this is your gift. Jesus, you said that you would send another comforter. Lord, that he would be our teacher, that he would lead us into all truth. Lord, you told the disciples, don't even bother trying to preach until you're clothed with the mighty power of God. Lord, we're facing persecution. Lord, we're facing very difficult times right now. Lord, we need your baptism in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, I lift up my hands and I lift up my heart. And Lord, I ask, I seek, and I knock, and I say, Lord, would you fill my heart right now? Listen, church, as you begin to do that, the Holy Spirit will come. It may not be like that mighty rushing wind, but he will come and he will will fill you. He will empower you. He will give you that gift of another language that you have never learned. You say, well, how do I do that? I want to tell you, God will not make you speak in a language that you've never heard. But listen, just like salvation is by grace through faith, you have to receive it as a gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost, you must receive as well. God's not going to come and take your mouth and go, all right, start talking. No, you have to step out in faith and you have to say, Lord, fill me, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, that Holy Spirit prayer language, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, that those who speak in an unknown tongue, they're speaking mysteries. They're not speaking to God. They're speaking to men. Lord, there is so much going on in this world. Communications. Hello, Google and YouTube and Facebook. Lord, sometimes I need to have a direct line to heaven that there's no interference of men, that there is nothing that can separate me from the Lord. It says in the book of Ephesians that we have access to the Father by one spirit. Lord, this is my heavenly prayer language and Lord, I just want to commune with you. I just want to talk to you and begin to pour out my heart to you. And as you do so, the Bible says that you build up your spirit. And as he builds up your spirit, church, he begins to fill you with all power for all long suffering and patience with joy in Jesus name. Church, this is Pentecost Sunday. It is not time for the church to live in fear, to cower, just to be all down in the dumps and gloomy. Am I aware of what's happening? I am absolutely aware of what's happening in America today. And because of what I'm aware of, I'm saying, Lord, we need Jesus And Lord, this church, every church, we need the Holy Ghost more than ever before. To be obnoxious, no, but to stand in the face of opposition, in the face of hatred, and not when hatred's rising up to allow our love to grow cold, no. To stand in the face of hatred and opposition and say, you know what? God has a gospel of love. God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is coming a day of judgment. Now is the day of salvation. The gospel of salvation is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation, whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. 
Hunger and thirst, church, for the Holy Ghost. You need him more than ever before. He wants you more than ever before in Jesus' name. We're going to close this time in prayer. Perhaps there's somebody here in the parking lot. I know most all of you, but maybe there's somebody here, maybe somebody watching that you don't know that if you're right with Jesus Christ, you see what's happened in this world and you know, man, something's up. These are the last days. Today is the day of salvation. I want to tell you, even if you're sitting in a car and been coming to this church for many years, there has never been a time to be walking on the fence. There has never been a time to be lukewarm for Jesus. There has never been a time when you can pick and choose when you want to serve Him. No, today is the day of salvation. This is not a time for being wishy-washy in your faith. Even if you come to this building, sit in this parking lot church, Keith Green, he said it many years ago, just going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger any more than sit in this parking lot or go into this church building makes you a Christian. If you believe it, say amen. No, you need to surrender. Get off the fence. If you're walking in sin and discouragement, you're walking in your own wisdom and your own ways, listen, there's no lukewarm Christians in heaven. Only those who are serving Jesus Christ. Jesus says, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You may have even said a prayer. He says, well, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Church, this is a time we got to serve him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. That when Jesus looks down at you, he will recognize you say, you know what? There's my daughter. You know what? There's my son. You know what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah! We're going to pray right now the sinner's prayer. I'm going to invite you. Whether you're in the car, perhaps watching on YouTube or Facebook, wherever, let's pray this sinner's prayer and ask Jesus to come into our hearts. Lord Jesus, we confess that, Lord, I'm a sinner. God, I am in need of your grace. And Lord, right now I ask that you would wash my heart clean from every sin. Lord, I agree that today is the day of salvation. And Lord, I say no more wishy-washy. No more walking on the fence. One foot in the world, one foot in the church. No, today is the day that I am going to serve the Lord. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And Lord, I ask you right now that you would come live in my heart fill me with your Holy Spirit baptize me Lord that I could be a great witness for you to stand in the face of persecution and Lord that I could live a life of victory and joy in this day and age in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen I want to tell you, church, we love you so very much. Thank you, I want to tell you, as we get ready to, to leave this, this parking lot, thank you for being so flexible over these past couple of months. I will be getting a letter out to you who attend here by Wednesday or Thursday. Hopefully next week we'll be at the church building inside, possibly. But I want to encourage you, thank you for being flexible. And these days that we're living in, flexibility is what we need in Jesus' name. But as you leave, I see that smiley face, Debbie. I love it. I see that smiley face, Jenny. As we leave, go in the joy of the Lord. As we leave, you see what's happening in this world, church? It should be an encouragement. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Jesus is coming soon. Every day that I wake up is one day closer to Jesus coming. Lord, I'm alive. Lord, I have a privilege to be a witness for you, to let my light shine. Not my gloomy face. 
No, to let my light shine, to say, you know what, I want to tell somebody about Jesus. He is the hope of the world. Yes, these are crazy days that we're living in, but you know what, if the church could thrive, as I said, in Iran, any nation around this world, church, we are going to thrive in Jesus' name. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Let your light shine and allow the Holy Ghost to fill you and empower you and quicken you, not to hide, but to be a witness in Jesus' name. As you leave, if you would like to give an offering, a tither offering, our wonderful Bob, we love you, Bob. He's going to be over there by the gate. You could drop it in the, the basket. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon, and hopefully we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you, church.